Welcome to the Line Cool Podcast. A tennis show presented by Hector and Toby. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Line Cool Podcast. Hi Toby, how are you doing mate? Yeah, good thanks. Uh, long time no podcast, um, so it's good to, good, to be, good to be back on the mic, good to be back here with you and um, I'm looking forward to chatting some grass court tennis. Yeah, let's do it. It's been it's been a while but uh, we're getting back into it, you know, give, give the people what they want. Um, yeah. So today's episode, we're going to be going over the grass court season, have a little recap of that, some of the, the main events there, um, and we will also be having a preview of Wimbledon. So, um, actually, just a nice little stat to start the pod off. This week is the first week since 2003 that no member of the Big Three has been in the top two of the ATP rankings. So, it's a nice little, nice little one to get us warmed up for the day. But uh, yeah, I just I thought that was um, yeah quite quite an important stat. So, Toby, what has been your favourite part of the grass court tournaments leading up? to Wimbledon this year well there's been plenty of fun interesting storylines running throughout some of these smaller tournaments what's this been it's been six ATP tour grass court tournaments since the end of the French um, and some surprise results in a few of them I think it would only be right to start with I'd say probably the biggest upset of um, the past few weeks and that was when Unknown to many, including myself, Dutch Tim van Rijthoven won the. Um, is that is that, is that the correct pronunciation, mate? That was the first okay. time. Of me. I've never said his name out loud before. Is that the first That's time? That. Of, how, Honestly, that sounded lovely. Yeah. No. Well, you know, he had a dream week at his home tournament at the uh, Libema Open in Zahol. So hot. Now they're going to help me out with this one here. I'm going to call it the um, Libema Open. Stogenbosch. Stogenbosch. I'm not quite Stogenbosch. sure on that one. I'm going to have to, have no, to come that, back to you guys. That's a bit of a tongue twist in that one. But yes, at his home Dutch Just tournament, um, it was what his only second appearance at a tour level main tour event. And um, he not only won a few games, he went on to win the whole tournament. It was no cupcake walk either. He beat the top three seeds at the tournament. He beat Taylor Fritz who has just won Eastbourne this week. He beat Felix Auger, Aliasim, and then beat world number one Daniel Medvedev in the final. He didn't just beat him, crushed him in the final, really. And he's become the lowest-ranked ATP Tour champion of 2022 and has got himself a wild card to Wimbledon next week. Oh, mate, I no one saw that coming. I didn't know his name, had no clue who he was. He's 25 years old, so it's, it's not like he's, you know, uh, up-and-comer bursting onto the scene, you know, just joined the tour. His first tour-level match was in 2016, Winston-Salem, as a lucky loser, and he lost that. And the next match that he played was his first match at the Libema Open at Hertogenbosch this year. It's absolutely amazing. No challenger titles, eight futures titles. You know, he got to the, the final in the Forley Challenger this year and lost to Draper in the final, Jack Draper, another one we're going to talk about in the pod today. Um, but it just completely came out of nowhere. So the week previous to this, he lost in the first round of Serbiton Challenger qualifying to 375th ranked Finn Otto Virtanen. And then he goes on this run. I, I think it's 
probably the most unlikely run I've I've seen at an ATP tournament ever or heard of because he was literally ranked 205th in the world, beats three top 20 players on the run at his first ATP tour win and then goes and does that. And as you say, absolutely destroys Medvedev in the final an hour, just an hour and I think five minutes, an hour and six minutes. It took him apart. And one thing I really quite liked about his style of play is quite sort of smooth. He has like, um, he... He has a nice one-handed backhand, but he uses mainly slice. I suppose it's it's useful on grass. But um, yeah, I just came out of nowhere. It'll be interesting to see what he does the rest of the season. Now that he's got his his ranking up, he jumped ninety nine spots in the rankings. So um, as you say, rightfully earned himself a wild card at Wimbledon. But yeah, interesting to see what he does. And some some as you say, some tricky matches. Not just a um, Ranking-wise, by opponents, but he beat Felix Auger-Aliassime in the semi-finals in a final set tiebreaker. That's that's a lot, you know. Top ten player, quarter finalist at Wimbledon, really good on grass. Oh, just um, yeah, I think that's the story of the season so far. Really, I think in terms of just shock wins, people coming out of literally nowhere. I know he's ranked two hundredth in the world, but that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, that was. That was absolutely amazing. Tim, interesting to see what he does at Wimbledon. And you do absolutely love your Dutch players as well, obviously. I, uh, I do. You know, your your boy Talon Griekspoor. Uh, Talon, he was he was so close to getting a first uh, ATP tour quarter final. It was he was he was Dutch, so close. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was mm, got a soft spot, soft spot for the Dutch. Um another run I was particularly impressed with. Um, over the past few weeks at these grass court tournaments was last week and Maxime Cressy's run at Eastbourne. Um, he was actually someone you said you had your eye on coming into the grass court just because of his very unique serve and body style game, something that's kind of a bit outdated, left the modern game really. I mean, um, I was doing a bit of reading before this and, you know, people are saying the serve and body game has died out due to the clo- due to the slower court speeds, the softer balls, the better rackets, the enhanced string technology and, and just general play, the general players' improved fitness and strength on the court. So it really is very odd to see someone who serves and volleys every single time they serve. Um, and he had a brilliant week this week, didn't he, at, uh, at Eastbourne? The Brit Slayer, it was amazing. You, you could say. Yes, literally, the, the, he is the Brit Slayer. Uh, Something you probably absolutely love to see, Hector, you know, someone who's famously not a fan of any British tennis player, you probably love seeing him knock out Evans, Norrie and Draper. Of course, on the trot, three on the trot, I was like, yeah, just, just just, keep going. Why is there not a British British player in the final? He would have won it. Yeah, but yeah, he actually, yeah, actually probably would have won it as a British player. But yeah, I mean, you know, good week for him. It was his second win over a top 20 player after he beat uh, Pablo Corona Busta at the 2021 US Open. Um, I just thought his... It was quite intriguing to watch him play because he just really disrupted the rhythm um, and, you know, caused doubt in the mind of all the players he was playing against. You know, even when he wasn't coming to the net, um, they were still like, I remember Norrie in particular was just missing these baseline shots. You never would normally see him miss for someone, especially how consistent Norrie is from the baseline. And I think that just very unique style of play is, is, is something you're not used to. Like they were saying... As a as an individual, he's a bit of an outcast. Like he he doesn't train really with any of the other players on the tour. He just has a couple 
people on his team who he trains with and hits with um, at tournaments and at training and stuff. And he doesn't really seem to care what other people think of his game because he he's very set on this is how I'm going to play, this is how I'm going to win. And it's not a surprise to see him be successful on the grass. And now what he's debuted, uh, he's debuted, sorry, inside the top 50 for the first time. He's climbed up to 45 after the final loss to Taylor Fritz. Um, you know, he started the year outside the top 100. So, you know, really impressive. And he's about to make his debut at Wimbledon as well this year with a very, uh, really interesting matchup against Felix Auger-Aliassime in the first round. Um, for me, definitely big upset alert there. Definitely uh, an opportunity for him there, considering the, the pedigree of players he's been beating this week. And he just... He seems so difficult to break down on his serve. So if you keep holding your serve, you definitely got a chance against a lot of these players. And um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that first round match at Wimbledon. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. I think, as you say, I was really, really excited to see what he could do this year because it's just, you just don't, you don't, you don't see that in the modern game anymore. And I think it does bring a lot more fun and unpredictability to it. And um, one one thing about him is I think when he's when he's on, when his first serve's going in, he does, you know, he plays really well. But when he's off, when he's a little bit distracted, it can sort of slide downhill fairly quickly. And he can get, you know, sort of steamrolled by players sometimes because he, he really goes for it on his second serve as well. It's not like he's, you know, dollying in like a slice or a kick, he, he's he's going flat serves on both sometimes. And no, it's a it's a really consistent serve he's got actually. I, I think I think it's really impressive. I think mentality wise, it's impressive because he's just saying, "This is me. I've got this, and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play you how I want to play you." He's not letting people dictate. He's playing on his own terms. And something else I find interesting is how he plays when he returns as well. So his his style is to try and slice it low low in the court and then come come for the volley while they have a have a hard pickup. A slice which is very effective on the grass court actually, isn't it? Exactly. And that's why I was surprised before this point in the grass season before Eastbourne why he hadn't done better. I think maybe he maybe it's just the transition from from clay and from hard that he found difficult. I don't know. But um it's great to see him him doing well. And he really, really he very closely missed out on a um yeah, on his first title there in Eastbourne, I thought Taylor Fritz played brilliantly. You know, it's his second title there. Um, and yeah, Fritz, 17 aces, zero double faults. He served brilliantly and he, he picked him apart at the net in, pace, in places, um, you know, where he didn't really do much enough with the with the approach. A lot of times he gets passed, but... I mean, you know, he took it to a final set tiebreaker in that final. Um, yeah. It was a very entertaining match throughout, actually. Um, I thought... Coming into this, I wouldn't really enjoy watching a serving volley just because it's so kind of samey. But actually, like, it's, it's a real kind of battle in the sense that you, you know exactly what it's going to do, but does the other player have the ability to still break it down for something that seems so effective at times? So, yeah, I have it. I did really enjoy watching him this week, and it'll be interesting to see what his ceiling is really because, you know, does he need more to his game to really climb? further up in the rankings is this enough um because it's not really gonna it's not gonna work on clay is it um so yeah it'd be, it'd be interesting to see where, where he goes from here and and how effective he can be on the grass and, and other services 
I mean, he backs himself. Listen to a post-match press conference. Uh, I think it was the end of last year, at the start of this year. He thinks he can be world number one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about that. I, I mean, I know every, you know, professional sports person, tennis player, that's their, that's their aim. But him saying it outright like that, I kind of respect it. But also it's just like, mate, yeah, I don't know. I, I, world number one, I can't see that happening with the third of the year taken up by, by Clay, whereas style of play doesn't work. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see his rise. But um, yeah, it was it was really, really great fun to watch. And I think his first round matchup against Borgerelli seem that's going to be a treat. Whoever Absolutely. has tickets to that is lucky. Yeah. And then I think finally, if we're talking about storylines which have stood out to, to me, over these past six tournaments on grass. It's just the success of a lot of these British players. Um, I think, firstly, it was great to see Andy Murray get back to a final on grass, where he got to the final in Stuttgart. Really lovely win against um, Stefano Tsitsipas there. And, you know, a tough final against Berrettini, who was one of the elite players on grass. And, you know, he, he was suffering with that abdominal injury at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, I just love watching Murray win on grass. It's brilliant. It's very uh, almost nostalgic, I guess, but that was brilliant. And then on the other end of the spectrum, um, some really impressive performances from the younger, um, well, I guess not even younger. I mean, Ryan Penniston was one who really stood out to me. He is 26, so he's a bit older than you'd think for someone who's pretty new on the scene. You start to think that they're younger, don't you? You think, oh, like, you think they're, you know, early 20s, like 21, 22, like 26, like, you know, yes, he did that's his time, after Bjorn Borg retired. <laughs> I know, I know, it's crazy. He did his time, he went over to America, went to the University of Memphis, Memphis Tigers, and had great success at the collegiate level. And this year, it's great to see him, you know, finally start challenging on the main tour. Um, last year, he picked up a couple of lower level titles. And this year, um, he's started to perform on the on the main tour he got his first ever win on the ATP main tour at Queens against world number five and number one seed Casper Ruud which is an absolutely brilliant game I, I was I was you know I watched it I mean I watched him the week before uh, we, we watched him the week before at, at Nottingham at, at the Nottingham Challenger and he was like really he's a really fun player to watch he's got that that big lefty forehand he's got a lovely double and a backhand down the line he serves decent as well and um, I just think on the grass, you know, um, being a lefty really um, throws off a lot of players. That that southpaw, it does. Um, <laughs> it, it it is hard to pick for a lot of players uh, when they get that movement. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, big win against world number five, Casper Ruud, who he looked out of sorts, didn't he? Really. Um, and then he beat um, Miami Open semi finalist Francisco Sarundolo as well. Got knocked down in the quarter final. Um, but just overall in this grass court season, challenges included, he has he has some really decent wins. He beat uh, he beat Yuri Vesely, who beat Djokovic earlier this year. He beat compatriot Jack Draper, who's been equally impressive. He beat uh, Manorino. He beat Holger Rune, um, French Open semi finalist. He beat Pedro Martinez. You know, these are some decent top 100, top 50, top 30 names that he he he's beating here and. Um, you know, I think he's absolutely loved playing in front of the home crowds. It's been really fun to see 
the kind of atmospheres at these at, at, at these stadiums with, with with the fans really backing him and he's been loving it as well and I'm really just looking forward to watching him and and all these other British players play at Wimbledon. Um, he's got a really favourable matchup in the first round there against Swiss Henry Luckerson. So yeah, I mean, I'm hoping him and Jack Draper and you know a couple of others can make a can make a decent little run there. So definitely. Definitely one to look for, and he'll definitely get a lot of crowd attention come come Wimbledon. One hundred percent. He's he's a great player to watch, and I think he's this this has been a breakthrough year for him. Um, it's not as stark as the break breakthrough for uh, for Dutch Tim, but um, you know that's that's back to back quarterfinals at tour level events, and he got his first tour level win this year. That's massive. That's absolutely massive. And as you say, beating the world number five, like, I imagine how he would have been feeling after that. Like, packed, absolutely packed. Oh, mate, Queens. it was brilliant. The atmosphere was actually buzzing there. That, I mean, I've got to say, that Queen Stadium is, is really nice. And the, another stadium I really liked is that um, is the main centre court at Haller as well, with the roof and everything. It's, it's really, really nice, it's like a really it? fun atmosphere there. It's definitely, definitely a tournament I'd like to go visit at some point. It, it, it does look fantastic, so... It, it matches the, the the size of the trophy. Have you seen that beast? It's an absolute monster. It, it's, it, it looks big, even, even next to Hubert Hercatch, the uh, the champion this year. Yeah. So coming on to coming on to Haller, actually. Um, so Hubert Hercatch was a champion this year. He beat uh, Medvedev in straight sets in the final, the second consecutive final that uh, Medvedev had beaten being beaten in straight sets. That was sort of an interesting one to me. He Medvedev, I think, played well in both of those weeks. And then he just, just got taken apart in the finals by completely opposite ranking and style of play players, you know. Um, but that was, yeah, I think that was a really good week for, for her catch. That was a cracking semi-final against Nick Kyrgios, I thought. And his first um his first grass court title. I'm not surprised actually that he's won it. I think he he should be doing, you know, should be doing like like better on grass is a he's a Wimbledon semi finalist last year. Um, and his grass court season up to this point in previous tournaments was a little bit disappointing because um, I think his his play really really suits it. He's got a he's got a great first serve and he's a really good volleyer actually in my opinion. Um, I think when I think he closes the net really really well and he he attacks he he knows he knows when to attack the net and he does it really efficiently. Um, but uh, also I just think he's a lovely guy as well. He just seems like an absolutely lovely bloke. Yeah, I like him. Big fan of Hubie, and uh, I hope I hope he does well at Wimbledon. Actually, um, but yeah, that was a that was a good run. That was a good run at Haller. Um, and also, just to round up the the pre Wimbledon grass court season, uh, we had a first grass court title for Stefano Sitspas in Mallorca, who beat Roberto Bautista Agut in the final. In a f- final set tiebreak, that was that was a good one actually. Batistaga beat Medvedev in the quarterfinals on the way. That was a good season, a good a good tournament from both of them. But uh, yeah, interesting to see what Sitspas does on the back of that. So uh, we'll now be moving on to our Wimbledon preview. So this year is the 135th edition of Wimbledon, um, established in 1877, seen as the most prestigious of them all, and we can't wait because we will be there. On Friday, the first of July, won't we, Toby? Yeah, less than a week from now, actually. Super uh, excited! I am. That. I'm ridiculously excited. Court number three. You know, if you see us on the TV, give us a wave. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be brilliant. I can't wait to see the, the order of play for that bad boy. Uh, so this year, the defending champion is, this sounds weird saying this, world number three, Novak Djokovic, who, defeat, who defeated Matteo Berrettini in the final last year in four sets. Um, so Wimbledon, I, this year, I know we had a little chat about the, the ranking points and the whole fiasco going on with that. I actually don't feel like it feels any different. No, it doesn't, does it? Not, not at all. Not at all. And, and that makes me really, really happy. I think, obviously, it will feel different for the players that it affects personally, but that doesn't affect us. You know, it will feel different for, say, uh, a player who's got into qualifying and who really needs those points, who doesn't get them and their ranking doesn't change whatsoever. So if they get to a fourth round, it makes a big difference, could make a big difference. But as a, a viewer, a viewer's point of view and a, and a fan, that the feeling now has has no difference. I think it's it is slightly disappointing that the world number one and newly crowned world number two, Zverev, aren't there. I, I am I am really sad for Zverev. I know neither of us are big fans of him, but it was kind of heartbreaking to see what happened to him at the French um, against Nadal. You know, I hope I hope he gets better soon. It would have been interesting to see what he could have done as a new world number two with the world number one absent. Um, and he's great on grass, so you know. Hope hope he gets better soon. One but that, thing that would have been an interesting is, part. Definitely, yeah. And I think one thing which is a bit not odd, but one thing that's caught my eye is when you look at the seeds for this tournament. You look at the seeds, and then you actually think, in terms of their likeliness to to go on and win the tournament, doesn't really quite match up. One that sits to me is is Casper Rue there at number three seed heading here. I cannot Wimbledon. believe it, and it's just like there's no chance he's going to make it to the. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to make it to semis. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it to the quarters. One thing they don't have this year is the grass courted weighted seedings that they've had in previous editions of the tournament, which I think is a bit a bit ridiculous. I think you really need that because it's such a different, unique surface where. Players like a Casper Ruud has nowhere near the pedigree on grass that someone like a Berrettini has, um, who is seeded number seven. Um, I, I think they could easily be switched three and seven seeds. So, yeah, that for me does probably skew the um, uh, skew the draw a bit. I think one person, both of whom we absolutely adore, absolutely love, Carlos Alcaraz, fifth oh, seed yeah. here at Wimbledon. Um, and don't get me wrong, super excited to see him play. But he only has one win on grass in his whole career. Um, yeah, that's nuts. You know, at, at, at the exhibition tournament this week in Hurlingham, he lost straight sets to both Francis Tiafo and to Casper Ruud. Um, he only got, and he's, he won one game at Wimbledon um, last year and raised straight through in five sets. And then he got battered by Medvedev in the second round in, in, in straight sets. So, I mean, as much as I'd love to see him go and make a run here at Wimbledon, I do think he might even struggle to make quarters. I mean, but again, you can't count him out. You know what he's done this year. You know he's just a different beast. So I'm not going to count him out per se, but I think it's just, it's not going to be as straightforward as seeds one to four making the semis. You know what I mean? No, I, I I know I know exactly what you mean this year. I think a lot of the other tournaments we've um we've this year, I think just just by feeling and what we actually think, we we've gone for the highest seeds, you know, to 
to come through. And that's generally what has happened really most of the time. But this year, I think at Wimbledon, it doesn't really feel like that. I think partly due to the the, the non-grass-weighted rank um, seeding system. But yeah, I feel I feel the same way, same way as you. So who who do you think the favourites are for this year? I think it's, pre- it's pretty clear in my mind. Um, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I, I think for me, the out-and-out favourite, um, and rightfully so, is Novak Djokovic. I think for me, I can definitely see him going and, 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 and winning the tournament. I think he is by far and away the, the favourite. I think second favourite is probably going to be Matteo Berrettini. Yep. You know, I've been super impressed with him since coming back from injury. I thought it would take him a little while to kind of get back into the swing of things, but then he goes and gets that 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 title in Stugart and he's just been really um and he got the title at Queens of course as well defending his title there you know he's he's playing brilliantly on grass and i think his style of the game will be really difficult for for certain players to overcome so i'm looking forward to to seeing that too you have to think Rafa Nadal deserves a a mention in that chat just because He's gone to the other two Grand Slams and, and won both of them when people didn't think he was going to do that. Um, and I'm just really, I think outside of those three, I can't really see anyone anyone challenging. So, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what, what, those. Are you in the same same boat there? I on on my notes, I I have three players as the favourites: Djokovic, Berrettini, Nadal. Couldn't agree more for those exact reasons as well. I mean, Berrettini. These last few years on grass, he's he has almost been unstoppable. The only person who stopped him since 2019 Wimbledon was Djokovic in the final last year. He's won four titles on grass, two Queens and two Stuttgart finals. Amazing. Amazing. His, his, his game suits it perfectly. I mean, I when I watched him at 2019 Wimbledon get absolutely taken apart by Federer in the fourth round in an hour and 15 minutes, I thought, oof. I mean, he, he thanked him for the lesson after the match. He thanked him. But I, I just didn't. I didn't really think he'd do much more on grass. But he's he's surprised and impressed, and especially after coming back so quickly from the injury, just stamping the name on the tour again, getting two big titles that a lot of these players could only wish to win. I I think it's been absolutely amazing, and I think honestly, it's hard to count Nadal out after he's done something for the first time in his career in such an illustrious, amazing career. He's won the first two slams of the year for the first time in his career, 22 grand slams, two ahead in the race. You can't cut him out. Calendar slam, you can't purely because of who he is as a person. I think, you know, he won the French open this year on what he called a zombie foot. He was taking injections, you know, to, to make it feel better. And he had, he had surgery recently and I hope it looks like it to, looks like it's gone well. He's done some grass court prep, um, interesting second round matchup for Nadal actually possibly against Sam Querrey who is good on grass uh, he's got a big serve I don't think he should cause him any problems but it, it's kind of lurking there but yeah I Djokovic, Berrettini, Nadal I can't see anyone else winning it apart from apart from them you know if you had, um, to, if you had to name a I guess a dark horse someone who's gonna you know rise through like a Holger Holger Rune did at the French Open, so you don't really expect to make a make a run, but you know might make a dive to the semis. Um, who have you got? A- any names to look out for? So I've got a few. I've got a few here. So one of them it's kind of uh, sort of like a dark horse. So um, Martin um, Fuksovic. Um, so 
you know, he's he's a quarter finalist last year. So if you think about it, he's not really a dark horse, but he's unseeded. You know, he's a Wimbledon boys junior champion. Um, he lost to Djokovic in the quarterfinals last year. He's really good on grass. Um, you know, I, I think he has a fairly a fairly favorable favorable draw. I think I think he could make it. I, I mean, I think he can make it to the quarters. Um, possibly Kyrgios as well. He could face Sitsipas. Um, but as we know, he's pretty lethal on grass as well, Kyrgios. And I think also... uh, a lot of people would not have wanted to face Nick Kyrgios in that first round match. And I think uh, another young Brit, Paul Jab, um, yeah. who sent to Ryan Penniston, went down the collegiate route. He went and played at the University of Oklahoma. He's playing Nick Kyrgios. But I mean, as an unseeded player, I mean, Nick Kyrgios could have pulled any of those seeded players. So it definitely yeah. is, um, I guess, pretty fortunate for some people. But yeah, like you said, he can face Sitspass in the third round. Is that correct? Yeah, third round. I believe round. so, yes. Yeah. Third round, yeah. Um, I feel sorry for Paul Jubb, to be honest with you. <laughs> say again? With that, I feel sorry for Paul Jubb with that draw. <laughs> I really do. That is, yeah, that's unlucky. <laughs> I would love um, to. I think actually it could be a pretty fun one for the uh, for the spectators because obviously all the Brits will be behind um, young Paul Jarman. It will be interesting to see Kyrgios' responses to to what, what the fans are going to say. But obviously the fans always do love Kyrgios as well. So that's definitely going to be one to watch from a kind of spectator standpoint. Oh, definitely. On the other end of the spectrum, what sort of high-ranked player do you have making an early exit here at Wimbledon this year? So for for me, um, I have Yannick Sinner. Um, so in the first round, he is playing wildcard Stan Wawrinka, arguably one of, if not the favourite player of mine. Um, neither of them are actually having a great grass court season. Wawrinka, just in general, not great season, but he's coming back from an injury. So that's understandable. Um, so Vavrinka's two-time quarterfinals here in 2014 and 15. Sinner, I don't know, he just hasn't really been playing that well this year. And I think if if Vavrinka turns up and plays the way he can play, I think he'll I think he'll take him out. And that's what I think will happen. Yeah, I've got probably two or three matches to watch out for in that first round. Um, I think number one, something I alluded to earlier, is that first round match between Felix Auger, Ali Asim, and Maxime Pressy. Obviously, Felix has the pedigree um, as a much better player, but here on grass, I just think if Cressy can play the way he's been playing and serving the way he was serving at Eastbourne, he's got a really good chance of beating him because if he can unsettle Felix early on, he's got a really good chance of, of, of beating him and having a huge upset in that first round. I think that would be definitely a match to keep an eye on. Another one I think worth keeping an eye on is number 13 seed, Denis Shapovalov. I think he's at real risk of going out very early in this tournament, if not the first round, the second round. He is playing against Frenchman Arta Rinderek in the first round. He is on a six-match losing streak since beating Rafa at Rome. Um, so it's not really gone to plan for him. He lost in the first round against Oscar Otter at Stuttgart, lost in the first round against Tommy Paul at Queen's. Um, and if he does manage to win that match there against Rinderek, who beat Gaston, Sugar actually was a pretty good win there. Um, Gaston, who's got a bit of pedigree on grass, he's played, he'd probably come up against uh, young American Brandon Nakashima in the second round, who has been very impressive actually in recent times. Definitely a young player to to keep an eye on, someone who could make a make a climb up the rankings. 
I've I've got him on my radar. Nakashima. He played mm. a brilliant match um, last year against um, Alcaraz at the at the next gen ATP finals. Um, I think he's yeah. I think he's a great player. He's he's having sort of a slow rise. He's sort of um, plateaued a little bit where he is. But um, I think when he when he gets going, I think he's yeah. I think he's going to be a top player. And then probably one more to kind of keep an eye out on. As I don't I don't think it will happen, but um, Hubie. Hubert Hercatch is playing against Alejandro Davidovich Fakina in the first round, which I think will be a really interesting game. I'm not necessarily thinking Hercatch will lose, but it's definitely not the easiest of first round draws he could have picked up. So that also has the ability for a top eight seed to go out in the first round. Oh, what one 100%. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's it's not it's not an easy one, you know. It's 2017 um, boys singles champion Alejandro Davidovich Fakina, and they have you know a storied a storied head to head. It's it's not it's not an e- it's not an easy match for her catch. You know, we, we've spoken about how good he is on grass last year's semi final. Just come off a Haller run, a title run, um, but yeah, I think that's definitely one to to keep to keep your eye on, to keep your eye on 100. Another couple of games I'd probably look out for would be. Number three, Casper Ruud against Albert Ramos Vinales. Um, not an easy game for Casper. I do expect him to win that one. You know, both of them are sort of kind of clay court, clay court guys. But again, it wouldn't surprise me not to see Casper Ruud make a run. But um, and then lastly, our our, our darling Carlos Alcaraz um, <laughs> against Jan Lennox Struff. I think it's I think it's going to be a really tough match. Um, it, again, and it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it would surprise me because I, I, I don't think he will lose in the first round, but he definitely has to be be watching out because I don't think there'd be anything you'd love more than watching that second round game between Carlos Alcaraz and Talon Greeksport. Mate, you would li- no, you'd no. wet yourself. You actually there would is, wet yourself. I, my, my, yeah, two, two, two of my absolute favourite players, two, two of the best players on tour at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you, know, yeah. I think it, it, you know, there's some fantastic first round matches here. You know, on on the other side, I think Andy Murray, if he's fit, could make a decent little run here. Um, yep. You know, probably if he beats Stuckworth first round, probably play is in the second round, and then probably play Stanford Ringer or Yannick Sinner in that third round match. I think he could be any any one of those really, and then you know a fourth round match against. I don't even know if Alcaraz is going to make the fourth round there. I mean, I think he's actually. He's got a great, great, great chance of of of, of doing some damage there, and um, I mean, Cam Norrie has got has got a pretty tough draw. Um, he'll probably have to play Dimitrov in the third round if he gets there again. Famously, not made the second week of a slam before, has he? Yes, no, no, he hasn't yet. He hasn't. I mean, I think also um, even now that he's becoming you know higher seeds in in these Grand Slams and just in tournaments in general. He has sort of he has been shafted with quite a lot of draws, hasn't he? Really, um, you know, Norrie, because I think now he's starting to play players that he's expected to beat. But then when it comes against the absolute creme de la creme, top of the top, that's where he he falters. I think that's his um, his ceiling. But it's it's impressive that he does, you know, as 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 we say, um, every tournament except for the most recent one that he played as the top seed, he'd, he'd won it. So I think it's it's really impressive. But um, that's, yeah. Um, I... That's probably the nicest thing you've ever said about a British player before. Oh, oh, you, oh. you feeling all right, mate? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Better, better be careful where I check my temperature. Get a window open or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Finally, let's move on to our predictions for the title, I guess. Um, I reckon just give me your prediction for the final and who's going to win that final. Right. So um, my prediction for the final would be a replay of last year. Djokovic versus Berrettini. You know, I um, unless something drastic happens to Djokovic, like injury or disqualification, I don't think anything's stopping him from winning this title. He's a six-time champ. He's won six times in the last 10 years, similar to his um, dominance at the top of the ATP rankings. 60% of the time in the last 10 years, he's been world number one. Um, I, yeah, I think it's Djokovic. I think it's Djokovic's year, like it has been so many of the previous years and I think he's I don't think there's anything stopping him even Berrettini in such rich vein of form at the moment how, how do you feel yep similar for me um I have a Djokovic versus Nadal final I think it'll be I, a I would final. Love that. I mean you know again it's it's Nadal is he injured how 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 fit is he I mean you know these are questions we've asked ourselves over the past few months over previous tournaments and then he just keeps coming through and 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 producing these results when it really matters um so I am really you know I'm not going to bet against him again I I I feel like this is his last real chance of ever winning that um that candace candace slam um and he's going to give it absolutely everything he needs to even if he needs to play the zombie foot if he needs to do this or that he he is gonna he, I reckon he'll come through and make that final I think very likely he will play Berrettini in that semi-final and that's going to be a brilliant brilliant match I think but I do think I do think Djokovic will win I do think Djokovic yeah. will have him in the final unfortunately um, as I would love to see Nadal win but for me I just think at the moment Djokovic is um, is just a different class. I think he's, you know, despite not having played since the France, he's, he's not played a single game on grass yet. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm back in there, Djokovic, to, to win Wimbledon. Yeah, same, same here. And I think, um, I think he's a little bit, a little bit triggered about the uh, the ranking points decision because that's, you know, that single handedly put him out of the top two. You know, that is the reason. Let's be honest. He's got, he's got a big point to prove, you know. He has. He's like, I'm going to win this anyway. It doesn't matter about the points. I'm going to win it because I'm the best. And he's he's very defiant in that way. He always has been um, as being the least, you know, everyone's least favourite out of the top three because he came along and sort of pushed them off their perch and people were a bit unhappy about it. Um, but, you know, I think I think he's going to, I think he's going to prove his point. And I would, I would, Absolutely love to see an Adal Djokovic final. Oh, I would please, please feed that into my veins. Um, but yeah, I that's that's what I think is going to happen. And I'm I'm really I'm actually really excited just to just to go there with you. To be honest, you know, to sort of um, to see how it feels compared to I've, I've been there a couple of times before, um, once with a ground pass and then once with um, with a ticket to court number three. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see how it feels and just yeah, just to be on the grounds. So it's sort of magical really isn't it <laughs> no i think i think i think it'll be really good fun i think we should definitely try and and pick up a couple of interviews while we're there while we're mooching around i think you know may as well this um, uh this this mic is coming with me well no maybe we'll get a different one but yeah no um 
but yeah, that's um, that is what we've got in store. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope everyone does enjoy Wimbledon as much as we are going to enjoy Wimbledon. And we're looking forward to bringing you a very special episode next time, um, which will be our experience with Wimbledon. So, yep. yeah, um, thanks, Hector. Um, great to chat to you again. And um, good luck in your game of tennis this afternoon. Um, since it's not against me, you actually probably have a chance of winning. So, best yeah, of luck, mate. I. Yeah, um, f- fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. He's yeah. he's he's only played once before, so yeah. It's, it's I hope tough you've one. recovered from uh, the bagel you got served earlier this week. So yeah, cream cheese, cream cheese. Oh God, oh no! Right. Thanks everyone for listening, and have a lovely week of t- actually have a lovely two weeks of tennis at Wimbledon. Absolutely, another great two weeks in tennis coming your <laughs> way. All right, cheers everyone. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye.